I was traveling with one of my colleagues to Cuba, and even though we had all of our I's dotted and our T's crossed, when we got to the airport on the Havana side, we got grilled. We got grilled hard and it was very, very intimidating. Yeah. And we found out they were suspicious of us because we were two young women traveling without husbands. We, we had to not lose it mm. while explaining what it's like to be a woman in the United States in the yeah. 21st century. Yeah, yeah. And also be deferential, obviously, because they were the, the customs agents. Welcome to Reaching Out. I'm your host, Zach Carter. Please join me as I speak with a diverse group of people to find out their thoughts on religion, politics, and culture. Welcome everyone to Reaching Out with Zach Carter. I'm your host, Zach Carter, and I'm currently hanging with the one and only Gerilyn Gerba. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Happy happy to have you. Before we get started, tell, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do. So, I am a writer and an editor, mm-hmm. and I have been for the last 15 or so years. Mm-hmm. I started out writing um, in the nightlife, arts, culture, food, fashion industry. Yeah. I fell in love with magazines when I was studying in school in New York City. I loved working on editorial teams as an intern, and I thought, this is where the coolest people are. I want to spend more time with them. So. Mm-hmm. I started working for small publications so I could get a lot of hands-on experience and moved up from there. And now I run my own publication called Fathom. It's a travel publication all about exploring the world uh, at the intersection of the practical and the inspirational. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, well great. Um, and I know initially you had worked for Daily Candy, right? Mm-hmm. That was that was a, a big deal for you. What, what was that? What was that like? Daily Candy was an online publication that launched a generation of email newsletters. So now, do you subscribe to things and get things in your inbox yeah. every day? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this was invented by Daily Candy. Wow. As a as a publication feature. Mm-hmm. And it was a really exciting startup to be part of because it also had a cult following at yeah. the time. So it reported on the things that were happening that day mm-hmm. in cities all over the country. So it was a restaurant that was opening or a new shop that was opening or a new show or mm-hmm. a new um, dance piece. And the, the whole idea was capturing it and beating the magazines are beating the daily newspapers by right. delivering it to your inbox when you wake up in the morning. And it was called Daily Candy because it was supposed to be very lighthearted and mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. You would open it up and it would be like a little piece of candy that you could have a little sweet treat yeah. maybe with your morning coffee. Yeah. And it either applied to you or it didn't. So you, mm-hmm. you read it, you delete it, and you, you have that piece of information to go about your day. Sure, sure. And I tried to go. I tried to go on the site. The site the site's done. Though, so the right? site yeah. was acquired by Comcast, and then it merged with NBC, and yeah. then kind of turned into a bunch of different things. So Daily mm-hmm. Candy, as Daily Candy, does not exist. R.I.P. But <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> but there are many echoes of Daily Candy and lots of other publications that we helped launch. That's great. Mm-hmm. So, and and now you, you're doing travel writing. So why did you decide to go into that field? Because you could have gone any direction yeah. with writing yeah, and yeah, you decided yeah. for travel. Well, I loved, so I was a New York City editor at Daily Candy. So I reported mm-hmm. on 
everything that was happening in arts and culture and nightlife and food on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And what I loved about it was being able to be a real insider in my city and being mm -hmm. able to tell people who are coming to visit, this is what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. um, my, my colleague at the time, she was running the travel edition of Daily Candy. And she'd come up with this idea of delivering these nice like bite-sized pieces about a place that really give you like a wholesome view of a city, yeah. um, but around the world. So she got in touch with me and she thought, what do you think about this? It seems like a big ask, a big mm -hmm. job, but we thought, all right, let's just give it a whirl. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, awesome. And so what, what differentiates Fathom from other travel websites? So the thing about other travel websites and magazines is they seem to fall into two camps. Mm -hmm. They're either extremely aspirational, okay. they are very luxurious, they cover things in 1,500 words where they're describing something that you probably could never afford to do in a place that you could never really get to. Yeah. And they, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful way to dream and fantasize about something, but it mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily help you get there. Yeah. And then on the other side, there are a lot of, um, transactional travel sites. Mm -hmm. So these are the kind of terrible experiences that you have when you're trying to buy a plane ticket online, yeah. like Expedia, and you feel mm -hmm. like you're getting duped, or you feel like somebody is getting you a better deal, or it's TripAdvisor, yeah. and you think, oh, it's the voice of the people. Who mm -hmm. are these people? Yeah. Can I trust this? I'm not yeah. sure. Fathom is cutting through that clutter, mm -hmm. and the idea is we're delivering travel information that is both inspirational and very much logistically practical, mm -hmm. and also, comes from a very trusted voice. So mm -hmm. that was the main aim. How do we make something that we would want to use? It was a yeah. selfish endeavor. We were thinking, okay. we need a travel site for ourselves. We need okay. something that you can come to and think, I can inherently trust this. Yeah. So that is the big difference. Okay, and I, and I know I was, I was scrolling around the, the site yesterday a little bit, and it includes articles from all over the globe. I mean, North America, Europe, Africa, Antarctica. We cover all the continents. Yeah, it looks like it. And you even cover outer space. So, question, how, how do y'all get to go to outer space, and why haven't I been invited yet? Uh, okay, so the outer space is another bit of a differentiator on our travel yeah. site. So we yeah. uh, think a lot about and love, um, think about traveling through the cosmos one day. Yeah. So we really cover this as how can you experience, what are the best ways to experience outer space from Earth? Okay. And so you'll find in this section places where you can see things like the Northern Lights, or you can mm. travel terrain that feels like you're on Mars, yeah. or the best places to see the Milky Way. Mm. And we'll cover um, stories and recommendations and first-person anecdotes about mm. those experiences. That's so it's a, little, it's a little cheeky, but yeah, it's, it's great. It's yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. And so you admit, have, have you ever seen the Northern Lights? Have I you seen have them? not yet. You seen haven't Northern seen Lights. them? No. You know, and I was, I was going to mention this, that, you know, uh, when I went to Iceland, one of the things I was hoping to see was the Northern Lights mm -hmm. while I was there. And apparently they're they're a little bit more mysterious and hard to catch yes. than you, you believe. Because it's not just, oh, you go out every night and they're yes. there. It's like one of those things you got to get lucky and, yeah. and I hope feel like it's there. That's the hard thing about traveling sometimes. If you if you put all of your eggs into one basket, especially mm -hmm. if it's a natural phenomenon, yeah. it could be... It could be quite disappointing, but you yeah. had a good time in Iceland. Totally, dis despite that. Yeah, because right? that wasn't the reason I went. 
Right. There was like lots of reasons because right. Iceland's amazing. Amazing. But uh, I don't think you've been yet, right? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. But it's I think shame. I helped you pu- push the you, trigger. You know, out, right? I was going to. That was that was coming up. That was coming up. I was going to mention. So I'll just go ahead and skip over to that question now that you, <laughs> now that you've gone uh, gone ahead and jump jump the gun on it. <laughs> I'm just playing. So um, yeah. So I was gonna I was gonna ask you. So because you write for this travel travel website and you you've done a ton of traveling, what do what do you how do you convince people to go ahead and pull the trigger on their first trip? Because this was what you you helped me because this was my first big trip by myself going to Iceland going to another country and so I know we had a discussion about it I feel like it's really easy because traveling sells itself and a destination can really sell itself and so Mm -hmm. what I like to do is and what our whole team really loves to do is talk about travel we are those people who you ever you would you ever hear like back in the day you know your parents would be like oh we got to go to the neighbor's house and look at their slides from their (laughs) their trip to alaska or whatever that is like we love that this is what we love to do so when one of my favorite questions is when people are like i have a few days off and i i don't really know what to i don't really know where to go but i I love eating yeah great this is a great place to start (laughs) yeah and then I just get so excited about these different destinations that I've been to or that I've heard about or that my, um, you know, that our contributors have been to and I'm, I'm editing a piece of theirs. It makes it really, really easy. Interesting. Yeah. And I know you, you talked about eating a bit. One of the things I was curious about that uh, I know you're vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you recommend? Because I think it's, I think I read that it's around 97% of Americans are, are eat meat so like how do you recommend food not all food has meat in it but like what do you do how do you kind of incorporate your your, your well, love for food so the way the site is broken down is we actually have sections that mm. coordinate with your passion points so i travel okay. for the romance i travel for the kids i travel for the food and food is a okay. big yeah. cross-section with, with mm. travel we have mm. a lot of people who contribute to this so it's not mm. just me yeah, yeah, yeah. writing this and mm. we have some of our contributors are famous chefs they're mm. sommeliers they mm. are um, food researchers mm. they they eat for a living yeah and so we also have their recommendations on this. so I yeah. probably wouldn't go on a trip that is all about eating paleo in mm. the Fertile Crescent <laughs> okay. but someone else might do that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but that being said it's really interesting so I've been a vegetarian for almost my entire life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was really very hardcore about it yeah. really drew my line in the sand once I started traveling a lot, I softened in some areas because one of the, one of the ways that I really like to travel mm. is going to offbeat places where uh-huh. you're taken in by locals. Yeah. And a lot of the times, if you're in an area that is poor or you're just being treated with incredible hospitality and someone offers you a plate of food that you yeah. know it was hard for them to come by yeah. I will just eat that food yeah. without asking what that food is <laughs> okay. all about yeah, yeah. so that's awesome that I my friend termed it bestitarian it's like mm. I eat the thing that is the best for the circumstance yeah when I'm on my own time and my own and exploring my own way yeah I, I stick pretty close to vegetarian yeah. or pescatarian but yeah. when I'm at somebody's home or eating at their mm. table in a foreign land I'll eat whatever they give me. That's that's I, that sounds like a good a good practice. Yeah, it works it sounds for me. reasonable. It works yeah, for me. It definitely sounds reasonable. So what what are some of the most interesting places you've gotten to travel to? Mm. Some of your favorites. Oh, it's one of these things where I feel like the last place I've been is my favorite yeah. place. Yeah. But there's a few trips that stick out in my mind. 
Um, one is a trip that I took um, with my husband, Justin. Mm -hmm. We went to Burma, uh, mm -hmm. Myanmar, right as, um, right as America was kind of changing its relationship with the country, which was siloed for about 50 years under military rule. Mm -hmm. It was a really interesting time to be there. And we went because we thought, this place is going to be hit hard by the tourists. Let's go and see what it's all about. Yeah. And there were a few things that, that were really just weird about it, like when you're preparing for a trip. One was, there's no AT, there were no ATMs in the country at the time. And they would take American dollars, but only if they were brand new and crisp. So you had to like get that ahead of time. Oh man, yeah. Most of the country is Muslim, so everyone is walking around in these beautiful saffron robes. You hear um, chanting all the time. And the main thing that you do is visit temples. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the temples are covered in gold and there are okay. these like, beautiful stupas and you do it morning, noon, and even in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. So it was a very magical place and I'd never been to a place that was, um, I'm sorry, primarily Buddhist. Yeah. Um, that's what I meant So they're not Muslim. They're not Buddhist. Muslim. Sorry. But okay. Okay. Muslims are actually a minority and there's actually some problems there right now mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. them being, um, terrible things happen mm -hmm. to them. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> no, so yeah, Buddhist country yeah. and I'd never been anywhere like that. So it was just a fascinating, um, a fascinating way to spend the day, yeah. kind of climbing these old temples and spending mm -hmm. time, you know, eating Buddhist food and traveling by horse and carriage. So like the scene in the Batman Begins where he's like walking up the mountain <laughs> and there's like a temple and they've got like incense and that kind of thing. The whole thing. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. It's, it's really wild. So, yeah. I mean, that that's an incredible place to be and I, I hope things um, I hope things work out there you know at the time there was like a lot of uncertainty about the political climate and there mm -hmm. unfortunately is again um, but you know it's still an, it's still worth it to go and explore that kind of place yeah. another place that I really love and will continue to go back to is South Africa mm -hmm. um, I had the great occasion to study there when I was um, in college and yeah. went back to Johannesburg two summers ago and it was amazing to see the way the city had changed it's really it's really vibrant and energetic yeah. and edgy and there's a lot of young people who are coming up and doing really interesting things like a very entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. they have amazing accents and it's they a do. big yeah. um, there's it's a very diverse um, place as well. So there's a lot of different ethnic influences in food and music and culture and fashion, which is, which is a blast. To yeah, see. that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Do you have any stories of maybe some, some crazy situations that have happened to you while traveling or maybe even dangerous that would just be interesting that like you might warn people like traveling's fun, but this is the, what you got to be careful of. Yeah. Well, yes, yes. And no. Yes, yes. No. Okay. <laughs> of course, you have. I think the one thing that we always try to tell people, and the way we try to approach um, our storytelling is, it's really important that you think of yourself as a global citizen when you're traveling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you are an American, great, you're an American. Don't be an ugly American. Don't make it an ugly American sojourn that no one will forget. Yeah. The idea is when you are stepping out, you're an ambassador mm -hmm. of the place that you're from, and you are also a human being. And so, it's important to try to relate to people and yeah. try to be, you know, on your best behavior. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, yeah. And, you know, there are, you never really know how people are going to react to mm. to meeting you. So 
that I always try to say, you know, just kind of keep your wits about you, survey the area before you you dive in and start speaking loudly in English or yeah. something like that. There's really, a, there's one funny thing that happened. I was traveling with one of my colleagues to mm -hmm. Cuba. Okay. And this was just as um, Obama was working out the deal mm -hmm. to kind of ease the tensions between the two countries. And yeah. so they had launched this people to people visa mm -hmm. in which you could tra now travel legally to Cuba mm -hmm. from the United States mm -hmm. as long as you're engaging in a one-to-one -one cultural um, relationship with someone. So you couldn't go to Cuba and just go to the beach. Yeah. But you could go to Cuba and meet someone who was a ballet dancer and have them um, t take you for a, a dance excursion. Okay. Or you could um, go there for an art show if you were going to engage with the artist there. That was the whole idea. Mm -hmm. You had to have your itinerary okayed by the government. Okay. It was okay. a little bit complicated. Yeah, I was about to say. But yeah. the thing that was really cool is you got to take a charter plane from Florida, which is about it was about 28 minutes from Miami really? to Havana. Yeah. Really? So it was Wow, really I didn't realize neat. it was that close. We had we thought well, let's check this let's check this out and see if we can do it so that we can tell people about it. So yeah. my colleague and I went down there and even though we had all of our I's dotted and our T's crossed, mm -hmm. when we got to the airport on the Havana side, mm -hmm. we got grilled. We got grilled hard and it mm -hmm. was very, very intimidating. Yeah. And we found out it was in our terrible broken Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, we found out that they were suspicious of us because we were two young women traveling without husbands. Huh. And they thought, why are these young women traveling without their husbands? That seems strange. Why aren't yeah. they in a large group of American yeah. tourists? Yeah, it just yeah. was a strange way for people to come through mm -hmm. legally from the US. Mm -hmm. And even though we had all of our paperwork in order, I was still really nervous that I had done something <laughs> wrong. And I don't usually lose my cool like that, but yeah, yeah. we had to, we, we had to not lose it mm -hmm. while explaining what it's like to be a woman in the United States in the yeah. 21st century. Yeah, yeah. And also be deferential, obviously, because they were the, the customs agents. Yeah, yeah. It was a tricky time, but we, we got through it, and then yeah. once we got into Havana, it was amazing, and nobody yeah. cared about anything. It was the most laid-back, coolest trip that we took. Just getting in was tough. It was yeah, just it sounds tough. Like, it sounds like when you're like driving down the road and a cop pulls behind you, and you're right. like, I haven't, you been doing anything anything wrong. Wrong. I haven't been doing anything wrong, but like, you're like, lights don't turn on, please. You just yeah. wait for the lights to turn exactly. on. That's funny. That's funny. So where's where's one place you haven't gotten to travel yet, but it's on your list? You're like, I really There's so many places. Mm -hmm. I really would love to go to... I think my top three right now. The okay, Atacama Desert. The what? The Atacama Desert, what is which that? is in South America. It is. This is one of those places I was telling you about that we would have in our outer space guide. Mm -hmm. The Atacama Desert is this incredible, um, this incredible region of South America on the western side where they do the Mars land, Mars rover landing um, mm -hmm. expeditions because the terrain is like outer space okay it's also a big confluence of different weather conditions so mm -hmm. you it can be really hot it can be really cold it can be really dry there could be snow in the north um, mm -hmm. it is like these beautiful epic sunrises and sunsets because all there is is sky okay. and there are a few places that but not many resorts that are there and they all comply with a lot of eco regulations. So mm. they are the kinds of places that feel like they were always meant to be there. Yeah. And I just, being from a city, I 
I really like to get out into nature, but I mm. want to see nature I've never seen before. Yeah. So that's one place I, um, I've always had on my list. The Himalayas, okay. I don't know much about, but I once met a, um, a man who offers these tours where you go on walking expeditions mm -hmm. through the Himalayan region and you spend a night in a different village on okay. foot and you, you stay with the locals there and they take mm -hmm. you in and they do storytelling and they feed you a meal and you're hiking at this high altitude and it yeah. also seems incredible. So that yeah. is really hooked to this one person that I met and he was mm -hmm. kind of a magical guy who really sold me on yeah. the place. Yeah. Um, and then other, I mean, I also am really into America and exploring more of America. And mm. I, I've never done a big road trip across the United States, okay. but I feel like everybody should do big road trips. Yeah, it's definitely something I want to do at some point. Yeah. yeah. I've done big drives down the coast and across mm. the southern region, but never done like Route 66 or never done that nor northern loop and stopped at, you know, those things that are touristy but mm. terrific, like Mount Rushmore. Or, yeah. Yeah. Where are some of your favorite places in the U.S.? I've been to, I, I went to the Grand Canyon mm -hmm. um, a few years ago and loved it so much. I, I went again just a few months later and mm -hmm. I'm already planning to go again. Really? It's so incredible. Really? Yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, love Big Sur in California, which is mm -hmm. this incredible coastal air, area in California where there are trees and ocean and like all the best and most beautiful f food um, mm. and like healthy people that exist yeah <laughs> they're all there that's mm. really amazing love the redwood forest also in the Pacific Northwest mm. it's when you walk through those forests it's like it's like being in a temple or a church those trees are so big yeah. and quiet and beautiful yeah, and it seems like you you're really when you're traveling you really like nature I tend to go to cities yeah but I also don't live in a city you well, live in a big city I love cities too and yeah. I go I mean I have some cities that are Amazing in the U.S. is New Orleans is a mm -hmm. perennial favorite, and we actually have a big guide on Fathom about New Orleans because it feels like a uh, it feels like its own country in a yeah. way. That city it has its yeah. own culture, it's it kind of has yeah. its own language. It's yeah. super funky. Yeah, it's got yeah. a lot of soul. So I love New Orleans. I would go there again and again. Um, yeah, I, I, when I went. I wasn't as much. Everybody was like, "You gotta go to Bourbon Street," and I was like, no. uh, "Yeah, Bourbon Street was gross. Like there was there was." There's oh things gosh. that haunt me to Get this day that happen on Bourbon Street. But, like, a couple streets over, there was, like, these bars that were really nice. They had nice jazz yeah, music. Yeah, the rest of the French Quarter is yeah, really chill. Yeah, and, like, um, I, I was walking down the street with some people I had met in my hostel, and there was this massive, like, marching band that was playing that was just phenomenal. They were just, yeah. like, out there just, like, they had, like, a little bucket out and playing music. I think the only time we mentioned Bourbon Street in our guide is to tell people to avoid it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> it's so gross. Nothing good. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, nothing good. Yeah, I met some girls that were like, "Yeah, we're gonna go bar hopping." And I was like, "Why?" <laughs> like, yeah, just down bourbon. Just like we're gonna, we're gonna. I think they called it around the world, where you have one, one yeah. drink at each. Yeah, I mean, one. so this, I feel like that's a really good example of the of the way that we cover a place. So I feel like. When we meet people and we say, you should go to New Orleans, and mm. they say, oh, I already, I think I know what New Orleans is about, yeah. but I'm not into it. Yeah. This is where we would do our best to try to convince them quickly yeah. by giving them like a lay of the real land around. Yeah. And so our guide has all these awesome stories from people who are local who are talking about mm. where you catch the best 
yeah. bands, all these walks you can do that have nothing to do with the French Quarter, up mm -hmm. Magazine Street, you know, over on the other side of the river, in the Marigny, in the Bywater, how to take cool bike tours. I always tell people to rent a bike when they're in New Orleans, which yeah. nobody, don't you don't really see people riding around, but it's yeah. the awesomest way. It's mm -hmm. so much fun to get around by bike. Yeah, because I know you. I think I think you had mentioned in the past that New Orleans was one of your place, favorite places to travel. And when I went, I didn't have like the best experience. Like there were certain things about it that I really liked. I think I thought the food was amazing, mm -hmm. and the music I checked out was amazing. And there were certain things I liked about it, but I think one of the things I missed that I kind of wish I had done, because I've noticed whenever I travel, if you take tours, that's when I feel like I really get the most mm. out of the city is when mm -hmm. you have people walking you around and being like, this is why the city's At important. least in the beginning, Exactly, right? yeah. I, whenever I go anywhere, I try to take a tour on the first day. It's kind okay. of like your jet lag day or whatever mm. it is, because it's nice to get the orientation. It's nice yeah. to little, get a little bit of the cultural background and the history of the mm. place too because yeah. then mm. you know okay this is what i want to go oh this looks good i want to come back here yeah oh yeah we're big fans of the the tour what, what's your so one of the questions i wanted to want to talk with you about since you know one of the things i think that the audience would like to hear is like okay so these are all great experiences you've had how yeah. do i have good experiences mm -hmm. as i'm traveling and you said that you guys don't focus on these like massive luxurious trips that are like that you'll never really get to have maybe on your honeymoon yeah. but other than that so how, how how do you travel on a budget when people are like i don't know if i can have enough money to spend what do you what do you typically tell people so a story that my um my partner likes to tell is she's she always says you know when i was when I was in college, I backpacked around Europe mm -hmm. and I was broke. And I still had the sensibility that I have now, which is I was really curious about places and I like beautiful things. So I would go to the hotel, um, but I wouldn't be staying there for the night. But I would go and hang out in the lobby. Maybe I'd have a drink. Maybe I would have a cup of coffee and just mm -hmm. soak it all in. Mm -hmm. And that kind of thing carries over. So whether you're a young person, with not a lot of means or an older person with more means, mm -hmm. you might still want to experience this, the same destination or the same place, but in yeah. a little bit of a different way. The thing that we always talk about is trafficking in the, in the high-low. So there are places where you splurge and there are places where you save. Yeah. If food is really important to you, but having a fancy meal is not, mm -hmm. then we would point you in the direction of really amazing street food. Yeah. Who doesn't like a great taco for lunch? That's yeah. the kind of thing that we would talk about seeing. Likewise, with the tour, maybe you can't afford a big private tour, mm -hmm. but maybe you can afford talking to your hotel concierge and asking, if you had your day off, where would you go? Yeah. And asking around for local advice about things and then, and then taking that route, which is going to give you an inherently more authentic experience anyway. Yeah. So there are little tips and tricks for things. In general, we, we also have a travel agency at Fathom, so you can book your trips through us. And that has given us a lot of insight into how people are thinking about trips. And there's not really a right or wrong way. Some people have a budget in mind, and then they pick the destination. Some people know they're dying to go to Japan, and even though it's an expensive place, they're like, have to have, this is the year I have to go yeah. and then we we work within their budget mm -hmm. but there's a lot of really great resources for finding your way around and we we offer um, a lot of these roundups of these resources on the site so there's really cool 
apps, there's local connections that you can make, there's ways that you can um, experiencing things in a really local way. Like, for example, before the Airbnb concept, when there was couch surfing, yeah. that was like that was something that was a really um, it seems zany, but yeah. it also made a lot of sense. And, and I know what couch surfing is, but what is couch surfing? So couch surfing is where you sleep on sleep in the house or literally on the sofa of a stranger who is welcoming welcoming you into their home. And there's websites that vet both sides, the guest and the host, and connect you in a place. I think something like this exists in a more casual way, probably just through Facebook or Instagram, which is another way that we get a lot of information and meet people, is you follow people, you see what's going on, you say, hey, do you have friends of friends of friends in this place that I'm going to? Mm -hmm. And then they hook you up, you see if they have a spare room or a place where you can crash, mm -hmm. they take you around, and you're lifelong friends. That's great. And I know I, I'm a person, I don't know if you were, you got me on them, and I think you might have, but I, I like traveling in hostels. Mm -hmm. Can you describe what hostels are for, for the audience yeah. listening? And then is help, help them, you know, it, it would be great to talk about this is good if you're in this stage of life. This is good if you're in like, your family right. life. Maybe hostel's not the best for you. Maybe right. you want to try this over here. So can you talk about a, a couple of the options of staying in like the price mm -hmm, ranges? Mm -hmm. So, so couchsurfing's like the cheapest. Couchsurfing is usually free yeah. or cheap, but comes with a risk. You don't really know. You don't necessarily know what you're getting. So yeah. if you're a real laid back person, mm. you like traveling solo. If you like meeting people, mm. that's a good option for you because you are being injected into someone's regular life. Mm -hmm. Kind of cool. Yeah. But definitely for a very particular kind of person. I know a lot of single guys who do this mm -hmm. when they're in college, for example. Yeah, yeah. The youth hostel has been around for a really long time, for decades, but it has really morphed in the last couple of years. And the way that I used to stay in youth hostels was you would get a few friends, you would crash in a big room with a lot of bunk beds, and you'd pay per night. Everyone would share a kitchen area where you could prepare food and hang out and usually you would be able to coordinate activities with these people too. So instead of taking that tour with two people and splitting the fee, you suddenly have eight people and someone's willing to drive and you can get that tour guide and so it makes everything really affordable. It's also really, really fun. The drawbacks with hostels sometimes can be not a lot of privacy or no privacy and um, you know you, because you don't have that privacy, it's maybe hard to stash your stuff or maybe hard to get truly comfortable. However, in the past couple of years, there's been a shift in a way that a lot of hostels have been designed. And a lot of this is based around this new idea of a hotel lobby as a community hub. Yeah. And so youth hostels are doing this too, where they're designing really beautiful, comfortable spaces that everyone can share and be hooked up to their internet, and the Wi-Fi is really fast, and has really good snacks, and has a bar concept, and has a restaurant right inside it. So Free breakfast sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and so the room still might be bunk beds and real bare bones, mm -hmm. but you'll have a much more designy experience in the shared spaces. Yeah. And there's a lot of really nice ones that even that I would stay in, even though I have a family. Yeah, and I'll say because I've stayed in a few different hostels, I've had some good experience, I've had some bad. Uh, mostly good. Uh, I went to one in Chicago that was, it felt like a hotel. Mm -hmm. Like you, you go up to your room and it's in their bunk beds, like you said, but there was only two. So me and my little brother 
stayed in there. You don't have your own bathroom. You go to a communal bathroom. Mm-hmm. But when you go downstairs, there's like a pool table room. And there's an area yeah. for like watching TVs. And it's and, cool. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of these new ones, they are anticipating different kinds of travel situations. So they'll have the cheapo option two sets of bunk beds. Where you're in like a room of 16 people. Yeah, and you share the bathroom with a bunch of people you don't know. Then they'll have the option that's like semi-private or Mm -hmm. with an in-suite bathroom. And then you have a totally private experience where you are just like being in a hotel. But maybe there's not things like room service or there's not special, you know, there's not... 800 cable channels on yeah. your TV. And why would you do that? Who cares? You're while traveling. You're traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you also get to, one of my favorite things about it is that, especially if I'm traveling by myself, meeting people from all over the world because it's, you know, after the, the horror movie hostel, I think yeah. a lot of Americans are like, there's no way I'm ever staying in one of these buildings. <laughs> but like when you actually do it, you're like, this is not as weird. Yeah. You know? The word, the word gets a bad rap, I guess, yeah. in some circles. And it could be intimidating if you've never done it before. But mm-hmm. I'm actually really excited about this whole hospitality space because I feel like it's really helping to democratize travel and good design. Mm-hmm. Like why I, I, another, another mission at Fathom is to kind of get people away from thinking they can only stay in a very boring boxy chain hotel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, there's, there's a lot of really cool things happening yeah. at a lot of different price points. So mm-hmm we help people kind of dig around and show them things that we don't think they're seeing anywhere exactly. else. Like yeah. you might have a better experience at a hostel than you would at a, you know, a Motel Marriott 6 or, or a Marriott. Mm-hmm. Or, have you have you ever stayed in like Ritz-Carlton's? Have you ever gone up and done, done that kind of thing? Yeah. 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 Well, one of the perks of the job is mm-hmm. I really get to try a lot of things out of my own price range, yeah. which is really fun. And yeah. I just we just try things that run the gamut. So mm-hmm. we stayed at... Chain hotels, we've seen a nice luxury chain hotels, we've seen at one-offs, we've seen at inns, bed and breakfasts, mm-hmm. yurts, uh, airstreams, tents, glamp sites. <laughs> tents. <laughs> uh, yeah, what else? What else we got? I mean, there's tree houses, there's all sorts of really cool places that you can stay. Wow. I was in Montana, which isn't, everyone should go to Montana, that yeah. big sky country. Mm. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. They have this kind of like American style safari. Mm. So you go out, just catch all these big animals by day, catch them with your camera. Yeah. And then you stay in these beautiful tents that are set up for you. Hmm. And the tents have like freestanding bathtubs in them and yeah. like beautiful pieces of furniture. And they're like perfect for in Instagram. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. But you know, so that, that it's called glamping. It's like fancy camping. Clamping? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> and you said, have you have you stayed in an actual treehouse? It's like, like you travel to go stay in this treehouse? Yeah. So there's a couple um, that, that we've stayed in. There's in Scandinavia. Mm. I feel like Scandinavia has really incredible design features and a lot of land and the way that the way culturally that they travel, they do a lot of things in the great outdoors and they're yeah. very good at incorporating nature into their everyday. Mm-hmm. So there, there's quite a few experience, uh, experiences where you can stay in. One is um, a tree house that looks like a box of glass. So from the ground, you can't even tell that anything's there because it's just reflecting the trees mm-hmm. around it. It's mm-hmm. stunning. But you take a ladder up and then it's a one room 
very rustic kind of cabin. Yeah. But you are about 30 feet up in the air. Wow. Yeah. Have you, have you seen the, I, I can't remember if it's in Iceland or if it's in one of the Scandinavian countries where you can go and stay in like igloos, but they're like nice. Ice in the Arctic. Is it? Mm-hmm. Like Antarctica or? No, the Arctic Circle up okay. north and okay. in Canada. Mm-hmm. And in Russia mm-hmm. as well, they'll they have seasonal ice hotels. Yeah, and yeah. you wear big coats and you sleep on fur and mm. you know and you drink warm cups of glog or whatever yeah. it is. Have you stayed in them? No. I haven't done it, but we have. We've had a couple people. Uh, we've sent a couple people to stay and report mm. on it. So we have a couple of really good stories in there. And then during the day, you go dog sledding. You go cross country skiing. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. What what we've heard and what has been reported back to us is it's the kind of a thing you want to do for a night or two, mm-hmm. and then you want to go check into something. Yeah, more. it's like yeah, it's like you do it for the experience, and you're yeah. like, okay, I'm done with the you're experience. You're like, okay, got it. <laughs> we got we got the deal. Check that's, that off the box. That's that's amazing. So, what what kinds of trips do you think are cool for family? So someone might say that you know, like this sounds great for singles or maybe even couples, but. I got some kids. What, you know, what kind of traveling I'm can I do I'm definitely kids? of the mindset that you should go wherever you want to go with your mm-hmm. kids because there are kids everywhere. Yeah. It never made sense to me when I had friends who enjoy going around the world that they thought, well, I can only go to Disney World now. Mm-hmm. Like, why? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, do you, yeah. I mean, there are kids that exist in Italy. There are kids that exist in Mexico. Just go to those Goes, go to those places. Now, there are some things that are become a little logistically more yeah. difficult, yeah. but if you, I always feel like if you if you really think ahead and pack ahead and leave a lot of options mm. open, you can really make anything happen. Um, but that being said, there are, cities are a really great place mm. to take children of a certain age because there's lots of things that can make everybody happy. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, we were in, um, my family was in Amsterdam this summer, and we have a two-year-old. Mm. She loves a good playground. And mm. part of the reason why we picked Amsterdam is because, and she loves a boat, mm. is because you're on the water. Mm. And uh, the Dutch make really awesome outdoor play areas. And, yeah. and this is a known thing. Mm. Also, it's a place where no one, mind, no one minds having kids run around. So even at a really nice restaurant or even at a pub, mm. People are hanging out with their kids. Yeah. It's like a really nice place. And the Scandinavian countries as well. Mm-hmm. Family is a big part of everyday culture. Mm-hmm. They also like to do nice things. They also like to eat and drink. And all these things kind of work seamlessly together. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we plotted, I plotted on my Google map a few cool playgrounds that I had heard about. Okay. The place where we stayed had a really nice set of, rocking horses for kids so I knew that would be a a neat thing that we could always do back Mm. at the hotel and then we decided to mostly just walk around and stroll of course there's certain things that are going to change when you have kids maybe you're not going to go and eat at a fancy white tablecloth restaurant late at night every night because you can't do that but for places where you can walk around from Mm. day to night I think Mm. that's that's like a no-brainer for the kids that's great as long as you 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 kind of gauge your expectations and think, what are what are some options for us if we need to take a break? What yeah. are some things that we can do that'll be fun for the kids? Yeah, 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, I love that thought process. Is, is there's kids in Italy, Mexico, Scandinavia. There's kids everywhere, so don't, so, don't even worry about it. Yeah, yeah you'll meet moms in all those places. You'll meet dads in all those places, mm-hmm. so they can give you local advice. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Have you have you guys found? I think I think the 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 thing since I usually stay in hostels, those are usually pretty cheap. But my problem has always been airline tickets i don't know if there's any way to get around those prices but have you figured out some tricks for like or even or even trains i mean like i have you have you figured out any tricks for for actually getting to these places that help save a little money i think this is where this drives me crazy because Mm -hmm. i feel like this is the whole reason why most americans do not take use their vacation days is because just the thought of trying to get the ticket Mm -hmm. is so off-putting and doing the research online is terrible yeah you always feel like you're somehow getting screwed in some way for lack of a better word um there are no great tricks Mm -hmm. out there some people say there are certain days of the week that you can buy your tickets or book your flights out that Mm -hmm. help like Tuesdays and Wednesdays, typically? And Saturdays. And Saturdays. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. So avoiding a Friday, avoiding a Sunday when most mm-hmm. people are trying to get back to yeah. their place of origin. But um, I tend to look more at low-cost airlines mm-hmm. from one place to another. And, for example, there's a lot of European carriers now in the United States mm-hmm. doing legs to different uh, places in Europe, which hadn't really existed before. So you, you don't have to use an American carrier. You could use a carrier of the place that you're going to. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. one way to look. Another yeah, did, way to I look Iceland, is if you go to the, if we use Europe as an example, if you go to the European version mm-hmm. of the airline website, you should check the prices that way. That's interesting. Because mm-hmm, sometimes they, you can get a better deal if you buy on um, SAS, which is a Swedish airline. If you go to the Swedish version mm-hmm. of the site and then look for flights from Richmond to really? wherever. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. So that's one way to do it. There's a few flight aggregators that we look at, like kayak.com and Mobissimo. Okay. But Google Flights has gotten mm-hmm. really, really good. And I would say if you if you don't have a lot of time and you just mm-hmm. want to book something, go to Google Flights. Yeah, you said a lot. And yeah. I, I felt like I found pretty they've good They've got prices. the best stuff. Yeah, they've got... They've got but I would say, like, don't don't drive yourself too crazy over trying to get an incredible deal because also, like, your time and energy matters and that's mm-hmm. worth something. Yeah. And you want it to be a fun experience to play in your mm-hmm. trip. So just bite the bullet, get the ticket, and there's other ways that you can save. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, do, you, do you have anything else? You know, I, I want to get to the bonus interview section uh, coming up here in a minute, but do you have anything else that we may not have covered that you would say – hey, before we finish up, this is what you need to know about travel. I would just say it's never too late to start to travel. Mm-hmm. It can be imit- uh, intimidating because it's a big, wide world and a, a big, fat country, but you should start small and you should definitely use your time off that mm-hmm. you get. It makes me sad when people say that they don't have the time to travel or they can't use the vacation days that they're allotted from work. Like you deserve that time off. Mm-hmm. It's important to take that time and and meet people and see people and relax and recharge and all those good things. Um, And we can help you do that. Yeah. And so if people were trying to find you, where would they go to find you? So the URL is Mm fathomaway.com. The company's called Fathom. So you could Google Fathom Travel Italy, Mm -hmm. or you can just come to fathomaway.com and Mm -hmm. 
poke around. That's great. And are y'all on social media? We are. Fathom Way to Go is our handle on Instagram. Our Instagram is really fun with big, big, beautiful pictures. We have a lot of photographers who shoot for us all over the world. Yeah. Um, and we're on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest as well. You're a mad scientist. Okay. Here it comes. You're a mad scientist. What experiments would you run if money and ethics weren't an issue? Oh, definitely transportation through the air. Like transportation. Willy Wonka style. Like dissolving someone to a million pieces and then having them appear a minute later. Oh, that's interesting. 3,000 miles away. That's interesting that you said Willy Wonka and not like Star Trek. Because that's like the same kind of concept in Star I mean, Trek. That's my, yeah, that's my if you can do reference. That? Okay, Willy Wonka. Okay, great, great. Would you rather be famous while you were alive and then forgotten or unknown while you were alive and then famous? The latter. Yeah? For sure. Yeah? I don't need fame. You don't need fame? Mm -mm. I actually actually, uh, lean on... Lean, would lean in that direction as well. I've, I've, I've read enough about and heard enough people that are famous and talk about their life, and it's like, you couldn't travel like you're talking about if you're famous. It doesn't seem like the life for me. Yeah. I like my anonymity. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's something nice about, about being anonymous. Uh, so if you could do any job in the world for one day that's not your own job, what would it be? Mm, an astronaut. Astronaut. On my way to space. On your way to space. Yeah. I love it. That's a good one. That's a good one. If you could, oh, I see why you, I see why you, why you specified that for a second. Cause like, what, what did you mean by on my way to space? I was like, oh, cause you got to go the through all the training. Yeah, yeah. And they're like getting in that little spinner thing. Just shoot me up there. Just yeah. Just shoot. Yeah. Life. Just see, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so if, if you, if you could have, if you could have been an actress on any TV show and an actress well, what TV show would you have wanted to be on? Oh, that's good. Seinfeld seems like it would Seinfeld? be a fun one. Yeah, Seinfeld would have been fun. Plus those yeah. residual residual dollars would right. be so bad. Right, <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't have to do anything, anything else the rest of your life, uh, pretty much. If you had to confess to one crime that you've already committed, what would you confess to, whether it was in this country or another one? Crime that I've already committed, maybe mm. it would be um, eating more candy than I was allotted at the candy store that I work at. Oh, yeah? You worked at a candy store? No, not was my first job. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> they allotted you a certain amount, and you, you're like, I'm a rebel. I need a few pudgy pounds. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Uh, last question. Actually, travel-related again. Okay. Are there any weird laws people should be careful about when traveling? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of weird laws. I would say... None that you've run into. None none that I've really run into, but I would say that that rule applies where just because you don't know the law Mm. exists, if you break it, you're still responsible. Yeah. So pay pay attention before you go somewhere. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Well, cool. Well, uh, I've, I've had a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I've I've had a blast. So thanks everyone for, for joining us today, reaching out, and we'll see you again next time. Hey everybody, I wanted to thank Gerilyn again for joining us today. Definitely check out her website, Fathom, at fathomaway.com. It's a super awesome website, and I just love checking it out whenever I'm about to travel. 
If you're trying to support reaching out, head over to our Facebook page and click the like button and share the page with your friends. Also, you can go over to YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud to subscribe. Please rate us and leave comments so everyone can know how freaking awesome this show is. Well, thanks again for listening to Reaching Out with Zach Carter. I'm Zach Carter, and we'll see you next time.